A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord said to me, Go buy yourself a linen loincloth. Wear it on your loins, but do not put it in water. I bought the loincloth as the Lord commanded and put it on. A second time the word of the Lord came to me thus. Take the loincloth which you bought and are wearing, and now go to the Parath, and there hide it in a cleft of the rock. Obedient to the Lord's command, I went to the Parath and buried the loincloth. After a long interval, the Lord said to me, Go now to the Parath and fetch the loincloth which I told you to hide there. Again I went to the Parath and sought out and took the loincloth from the place where I had hid it but it was rotted, good for nothing. Then the Lord's message came to me from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, So also will I allow the pride of Judah to rot, the great pride of Jerusalem. This wicked people who refuse to obey my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and follow strange gods to serve and adore them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. For as close as the loincloth clings to a man's loins, so had I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, says the Lord, to be my people, my renown, my praise, my beauty. But they did not listen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our responsorial psalm today comes from the from Deuteronomy chapter 32. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. You were unmindful of the rock that begot you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. When the Lord saw this, he was filled with loathing and anger toward his sons and daughters. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. I will hide my face from them, he said, and see what will become of them. What a fickle race they are, sons with no loyalty in them. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. Since they have provoked me with their no God and angered me with their vain idols, I will provoke them with a no people, with a foolish nation, I will anger them. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. Lord, in the heart and the lips of that worthy, proclaim the Holy Gospel and the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. The Father willed to give us birth by the world, by the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, o Lord. Jesus proposed a parable to the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a Turks that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown, it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
sometimes when we are reading uh, some of these passages, particularly from the Old Testament, we uh, realize how earthy they are. This is a really earthy passage as Jeremiah talks about this loincloth that he has, that he wears close to his skin, and then it eventually rots. See, they, the ancient Hebrews did not have a lot of the uh, finesse that perhaps we experience in our modern culture. We don't talk about these things much any, anymore, do we? But nonetheless, the story goes like this. Now, you realize that prophets in the Old Testament, they tended to act out their prophecy. They would do things to demonstrate what the prophecy was that they were trying to explain to the people. And in this case, it has to do with the loincloth. Now, there are some scholars who say they may not really have done those things. Perhaps they just used these as stories, kind of like Jesus would use parables to explain things to people rather than actually perform these acts. But I think most people in reading the scriptures think these prophets actually did these, these acts to, to demonstrate the prophetic word. And so Jeremiah takes this loincloth and he wears it for a while and he's told, don't wash it. So he doesn't wash it. And then he is told to take it and hide it in the parath. Now, this is interesting. The parath, what, what is the parath? Scholars have differed as to what the parath is. And interestingly, the tr translators of the New American Bible decided not to translate it, just to, to spell it out as, as parath. Between the previous version, the, the original version of the New American Bible, which we have in this reading, and then its, its later edition, which came later, the only changes from P-A-R-A-T-H, it changes to P-E-R-A-T-H, because again, in Hebrew, there aren't any vowels. So you just have three consonants, which to us would be P-R and T-H. It's the same letter in Hebrew. And so it's just a three-letter word. And how is it pronounced? And they just pronounce parath or parath. And it, scholars differ that it, perhaps it means the Euphrates. You could take those three letters and come up with the word, with the word Euphrates or it's Ephratah, which would be the well of Bethlehem. So whether it's the Euphrates or the well of Bethlehem, Jeremiah is instructed to take and place it in this damp place, this wet place, hide it. And there, after a time, he goes and retrieves it because God has commanded him to do so and discovers that it is rotted. It has become useless. And then the prophecy arising from this demonstration is that the Lord will, the Lord speaks to four sins of Israel, which will cause their, um, their demise, that will cause the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, and that will lead them into captivity. And a lot of times, usually when you discuss, when you, we talk about the sins of Israel that led them into captivity, we talk about idolatry. But notice the four things that Jeremiah points out, the reason that Israel is going to flow, go into captivity. And the first is pride, the great pride of Jerusalem. Pride is a very insidious sin. It's something that kind of creeps up on us. And a lot of times we actually think that pride is, is a positive thing, that we, we're right to be proud. It means that we have a, a positive self-esteem and we should have a positive self-esteem. God has created us in his image. He has, he has fashioned and shaped us from, our, the, from the moment of conception to be 
fearfully and wonderfully made. But the difference between pride and a rightful understanding of, of the wonder of God's creation of us is that pride is something we make ourselves into rather than giving ourselves to God and being rejoicing and giving thanks, Eucharist, to praise God for him having created us, fashioned us like this. So he comes against them for pride, the pride of Jerusalem. Sometimes we think of pride in America. I'm an American and I'm proud to be an American and I am proud to be an American. But I realize that I'm an American because of the accident of my birth. I'm an American and I'm very happy with this country and the country gives me wonderful opportunities. And of course, as a sailor, I travel to many places in the world and there are a lot of places in the world that are not as pleasant to live in as America is. But there is an error in perception. It's actually the physiology of perception in which we perceive the world with ourselves in the center. Have you ever noticed that? The only way we have to perceive the world is with ourselves in the center. And so we think that what we believe, what we think, our own opinions, our own agendas, our own desires, that's what's really important in life. But that is exactly what God comes against Israel and says, you're not the center of the universe. I know you think that because you live with Jerusalem and there's the temple that the whole world should be coming to you, but the true Jerusalem is Jesus Christ. It's the church. The true Jerusalem is the relationship we have with God. And so they were condemned for cry, pride, the great pride of Jerusalem, for refusing to obey the words of God, for placing themselves first, their own ideas, their own opinions, their own agendas, ahead of the word of God. Well, God can have his opinion, but I'm going my way. And that's exactly what they were talking, what he's talking about. You refuse to walk, to live by the word of God. And so you refuse to obey my words and you walk in the stubbornness of your hearts, refusing to change. What does God speak in the Psalm from Deuteronomy? You keep saying, no God, no God. There's no need to follow God or there is no God. And God says, how about if I just say, no people. No people. How about if I stop believing in you? What is that going to, what is, where is that going to leave you? Where if, what if I stop giving you your very life and breath? Where is that going to leave you? And so Jeremiah says, one of the things that he brings against the people of Israel is the walk in stubbornness. I'm going my way. As the proverb says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is destruction. And then finally, after those three, he says, and you followed strange gods. Yes, the embracing of idolatry, the embracing of the gods of this world. That indeed is one of the sins that caused Israel to be taken into captivity. But that comes last in this list, doesn't it? Those who pursue pride, those who pursue stubbornness, those who refuse to obey God's word. Yes, they will give themselves over to the gods of this world and find themselves in captivity. But what does God speak to them? Whereas God lists four sins that are causing the destruction of Israel, he also 
says four has four words of grace four words that is god's heart towards us it says i want you to be my people i've called you to be my people i've called you to be my renown i have called you to be my praise and i've called you to be my beauty if we can shift our focus from what we want from what we think our own opinions and agendas and surrender ourselves to the lord give ourselves to god he wants us to be his people his renown his praise and his beauty isn't that so much better than focusing our lives upon our own opinions and agendas trying to make ourselves first perceiving the universe with us in the center can we shift our perception from seeing ourselves at the center of our lives and seeing God at the center of our lives for indeed read the the inner castle of, of Teresa of Avila if we take the time to meditate to focus and to pray and to look deep within us what do we find in in our own centers we find the Holy Trinity enthroned in our spirits because the only reason we live is God has breathed into us his very breath his very spirit when we can stop looking at ourselves at our flesh and we turn ourselves to look into the spirit where God dwells the Holy Trinity sits enthroned in our spirits then we can surrender to God have him at the center and indeed then we would be his people we would be his renown we would be his praise and we would be his beauty let us go to God now in prayer